welcome to Dollars and Cents, presented by North Main Financial. I'm your host, Joshua Doby. Thank you so much for tuning in with us here at 4 o'clock hour here on WSIC News Talk Now. Appreciate so much your time here in tuning in to Dollars and Cents. We're talking about items of significant financial and economic importance. We're looking at things often on a macro level. We're taking a look at what's happening in the world around us. We've got a lot on deck today. We're going to have a full hour. I hope you're uh, able to stay tuned and, and to listen to the kinds of things that we're talking about here because we've got a lot that's certainly out there and certainly a lot of things to be thinking about. But uh, but as we're looking at those kinds of things, we also want to remember that as we're looking at specific items, and we're going to be talking about specific companies, or we're looking at those kinds of things, which may be relevant to specific investments, funds, ETFs, bonds, all those kinds of things, that you want to remember that nothing that we're talking about here is intended as a specific recommendation for you. Meaning that even though we're talking about these kinds of things, and we're going to be because they're relevant, they're hitting your, your headlines, they're, they're the kinds of things that probably are part of conversation when you're talking about all things financial, that again, in doing so, that we want to make sure that you remember that nothing is intended as a specific recommendation for you. We strongly, strongly recommend that you reach out to your tax advisor or your financial advisor or... If you'd like to reach out to us at North Main Financial, love to hear from you. Love to chat with you about your particular financial situation to see if there are ways in which we might be able to be helpful to you. Online, you can find us at NorthMainFinancial.com. That's north like the direction, main like the street, financial.com. NorthMainFinancial.com. we got a contact page on there. Leave us an email address, a phone number. Let us know the most preferred and desirable ways for us to contact you. Again, at NorthMainFinancial.com. Com. All right, let's get into it. First segment. I, I love this hour format. The good folks here at WSIC uh, have allowed us to expand from a half hour to, to an hour, and and I can I can stay excited for the whole. Hour. I can stay excited for a couple of hours. Who am I fooling? I love this stuff. I'm so thankful that they allow us to do this. I also want you to have the opportunity to call in here to the studio with your particular thoughts on on things that maybe are, are top and relevant to your experience from a financial standpoint. Things you're seeing in headlines. Can't promise that we're going to get it in the particular hour, but we always want to hear from you. And if I can't get it in today, it may be a future show kind of thing. Want to make sure that you know how to get in contact with us. Give us a buzz here in the studio. And I, I know it's a phone number. It's a big deal for a lot of you that, uh, that you got to call the phone number. And I'm going to give you the words first and then the numbers after. 844-STUDIO-4. 844-STUDIO-4. 844-788-788. 3464. One more time, 844-788-3464. If you want to call into the studio, you have particular items on your mind from a financial standpoint, those kinds of things, which you may be seeing on the headlines, that if we can integrate it in, into today's show, we certainly will. And if we can't, we'll get it into a future show because we want to make sure that we're being hyper-relevant to the kinds of things that are hitting your radar screen. So let's get into it. What's hot? I know. A little bit cliched. Okay. But we're, we're talking about the kinds of things that probably are hitting your radar screen, those, those kinds of things that are, that are headline news, those kinds of things that, that frankly are, are particularly relevant to us. And I, I know you may not get as excited as I do about these kinds of things, but they impact all of us. I'm going to start with unemployment figures. Big deal. And you've heard me talk of almost ad nauseum here over the last couple of years. Now we're going to call it several years. Can you believe it? Uh, since the beginning of the uh, pandemic here, looking at uh, the beginning of 2020, we're three and a half years be, uh, beyond that. And we were looking at unemployment figures very intently during that time for all the obvious reasons. 
but we're really back to the norm. And, uh, and that is, uh, it is thankful on one end of things, but it also is surprising on another end of things. I'm going to talk about that here in a few minutes about why that's surprising, but pretty much up the middle, 235 as far as 235,000, as far as new claims were concerned this morning, uh, coming through the uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics, uh, those kinds of uh, things that, and again, may not be hitting your radar screen. It was 830 this morning, Eastern, that's the kind of thing. It's high on my level to, uh, to be able to watch it. But uh, 235, uh, roughly 1.7 and some change, one. million and some change as far as continuing claims are concerned. Now, if you're like me, those are big numbers. Those are very large numbers, but but you have to take them in context of the overall workforce here in the country. And actually, that is very, very normal. You couple that with the fact that in terms of the ongoing unemployment rate, and there are several different ways to measure this, so I, I don't want to get into the political aspect of things or, or in terms of understanding how there are different metrics for measuring unemployment. I'm going to stay away from that for this conversation, but we're still at, by the most common metric, if, if, if we're calling it E6, uh, we're looking at something that's, uh, that, that's under 4%. That's low. I had this conversation here actually just this morning with uh, with a gentleman who is uh, who owns a small manufacturing company, been a client of North Main Financial for a number of years, and he, he was uh, sharing with me a number of different things, but he was really sharing with me about the challenge of hiring right now. And it wasn't that necessarily he was having trouble finding folks who uh, weren't available or um, uh, were... Uh, in any way unqualified for what he was doing. He was talking about a lack of desire, meaning that even as he was he was talking with these folks and, and in encouraging them either to apply for particular positions in his company or if they were working for another firm that he could bring them over either with a higher income or with additional benefits, just the challenge that, that, that was coming with that in, in that either for not any number of reasons that they didn't want to make that change or there wasn't enough incentive to change. Now, I'm sharing that in, in the context of the larger macro numbers that I just shared with you about unemployment to say that that is a pretty amazing dynamic right now. Uh, it, it is hot. And I know you may be saying, well, okay, you talk about this all the time. I, I, I get that. And this this is not the kind of, what, what did somebody tell me one time? Uh, unemployment figures don't matter until you're unemployed. And then there is something that is actually particularly relevant about that. But what I'm talking about here has to do with the uniqueness of this particular space because of the number of macro factors that have shifted here over the last 18 months or so to say that we are still in a space where unemployment-wise is still very, very tight in the market. And that's very, very important to keep in mind because, and we'll talk about this a little bit later on, because that has particular relevance to what we're seeing in the macro economy. And we're going to be talking about that not only in terms of where we are, but what we anticipate is going to be happening for the balance of the year. A little bit of a teaser there. I I don't mind admitting it to you. I want you to hang around. I want you to keep with us here for the balance of the hour when we're talking about all things uh, economic and financial here on dollars and cents. All right, first item, which is uh, is on the what's hot list. Second item, I, I mean, it's... It's, it, it may not, well, it's going to be what's hot for you if, uh, if, if it applies to you. And that has to do, and we're just going to touch on this before we go to break here, because I'm going to expand on this and into the second uh, part of today's show uh, with regards to what's happening with, uh, with student loan debt and student loan payments. Now, you may be saying, well, this is not a particularly new idea. It's not what's hot. It's not catchy. It's not anything like, I get it. However, 
if you're in that group, and I, I warned you about this in, in previous Dollars and Cents shows, I'm going to be pounding on this idea that uh, if you're one who has had uh, federal student loans, which have been deferred here over, over the last uh, several years, I mean, I, I got to say several years, it's been since 2020, that uh, that payments on this have been deferred since that time. Folks, it's it's coming due, meaning when I say it's coming due, we're going to make payments again for those uh, who have federal student loans. You got to keep that in mind. I mean, I, I get it. You haven't had that a part of your budget here for the last couple of years, but this is going to be a pretty seismic issue. And as I was chatting with the good folks on uh, Good Morning LKN earlier today, there are definitely things that we're going to need to keep in mind from a budget standpoint and then expand that across several million people. It's going to have a significant impact on the kinds of things that we think about with regards to consumer spending. All right, folks, well, we're going to take uh, a couple of breathers here and make sure that we hear from our sponsors. I appreciate so much that you're tuning into Dollars and Cents presented by North Main Financial here on WSIC News Talk Now. Hello and welcome back to Dollars and Cents presented by North Main Financial. My name is Joshua Doby. I'm your host for the hour. Thank you so much for hanging with us into the second quarter. It's football season, Bill. I got, I got, I got to continue to bring out the the football references. I'm excited. I, I got to wait a week. Uh, is my understanding that there are no NFL games played over here over on uh, uh, Labor Day weekend? I think that's correct. If, yes, if, no, oh, no football games, co- uh, college football games we got going on. That's what we got going on. You know what? And probably the folks who do all things television and commercial and, and advertising uh, made it that way. So I got to wait uh, about 10 days here to get the Panthers back online. But uh, but I can certainly take in the college experience. So I'm very thankful for that. Anyhow, I know that what actually that is financial. I, I, I don't think you want to get too far away from the fact that uh, that the NFL and, and, and certainly the college football experience of the division one level. Uh, oh, my goodness. We're not talking millions. We're talking billions with a B uh, when we're looking at those kinds of things. So anyhow, I'm not an expert there, but we may probably, so, let's say certainly, are going to bring up other football references here during Dollars and Cents. Thank you so much for hanging with us into the second quarter here of, uh, of this week's Dollars and Cents show. Let me know if you'd like to give us a call into the studio, talk about uh, things that may be on your mind from a financial standpoint, maybe hitting the, the headline screen, maybe the kinds of things that are part of your personal experience, you know, I won't, I won't speak into your uh, particular space, but I can certainly talk about the kinds of things in a general way, which may be part of your experience, kinds of things that family experiencing colleagues, or just maybe something again, that is uh, top of mind. You're looking at retirement, you're looking at making a career change, those kinds of things. Love to hear from you. Call into the studio. Love to hear from you. 844-STUDIO-4. That's 844-788-3464. One more time, 844-788-3464. Six four. Thank you so much again for hanging with us here. Let's uh, let's keep going with what's hot. And, and as I, as we went to break there. You know, we're talking about the, the, the kinds of things that, that are moving the needle from, uh, from an economic standpoint. I, I, I got to bring up a couple of things here. And, and, and I'll admit, and, uh, and, and producer Bill is going to nod his head that he knows that I'm definitely not an expert in what I'm going to say next here. But, uh, but these things are literally, and I, and I have to say this literally because this is actually objective data, that, that are literally moving the countries here, United States, the country's GDP. 
meaning the gross domestic product. Two items. Uh, the first one, and and I am whatever is the opposite of an expert in in pop music. Uh, however, Taylor Swift uh, is uh, is is on tour. Is she finished, uh, producer Bill, or is, is she still on tour? Uh, do you do you have any ex- insight to that? I, I really don't know. If I were her, I would never stop touring. <laughs> well, you know, some some folks who are closer to my age never stop touring. That I, is true. I, I mean, I, I'm thinking I'm thinking about Jimmy Buffett. I'm thinking about Stevie Miller. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, th- those folks who are near and dear to my heart uh, n- never stop touring. But I don't think they're anywhere close to where where a Taylor Swift uh, c- kind of experience is. I mean, I I think about fifteen or eighteen thousand folks on a hillside somewhere when I'm thinking about Steve Miller. I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> that's it. Well, we're talking about Taylor Swift. Though I mean, 70,000, 80,000 folks in uh, I mean, amazing right. uh, uh, kinds of things, and it's not just one time, folks. I mean, it's it's in every city where she goes across the country. It's it, it is amazing. Literally, uh, there is some objective data out there. I, I've looked at this now a couple of times because I thought it was a joke at first, but it's not. I mean, literally uh, uh, affecting as much as one tenth of our GDP for for this year uh, for our gross domestic product. Now, and understand what goes into that, right? It's not just the ticket sales, but it, but it's, you know, we're probably going to buy something to eat. We're going to be in a hotel room. We're going to travel. We're going to do all of those kinds of things, which surround that kind of experience. I, I talked to somebody who was on the East Coast who could only find tickets on the West Coast. So they were get their kids on a plane and they're traveling out to San Diego. But holy smokes. All right. That's hot. All right. I think it is. I mean, I, just because I, I don't know her music, I'm sure my daughters do uh, in, in that kind of thing. Amazing in terms of the impact. Amazing in terms of, uh, and this is not me advocating buying or selling or holding anything that has to do with Taylor Swift. All right. Let's, let's be real clear on that. But still pretty interesting. And, and certainly when we're looking at the kinds of things where folks spend their money, and that, this is where I'm going to narrow in very tightly, very quickly. When folks spend their money, that is absolutely relevant to the kinds of things that are hitting our radar screen. Because you'll remember previous shows of dollars and cents that when we're looking at gross domestic product, we're looking at how the country grows from an economic standpoint, roughly two thirds to three quarters of our GDP is a function of consumer spending, meaning that we grow as folks spend generally speaking. And that's huge. So that's why I bring that up. The other one, uh, Bill, you probably, now I got to tell you folks, because he's too modest to tell you, producer Bill, literally a, a past professional lacrosse player. Bill, go ahead and confirm that for us. It is true. It uh, is true. I'm no Taylor Swift, but yeah. <laughs> well, anytime somebody's actually paying you to pl- play a sport, Bill, I think that's kind of a big deal. And uh, um, so, so I, I say that because I think he's going to have some better insight than even what I'm going to have here with regards to Lionel Messi. Right with uh, with Interclub Miami, uh, they brought him over out of the Premier League, which uh, again I, I would offer up as one of the 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 highest level professional soccer leagues in the world. Brought him over. I mean, the impact in in, in South Mi- uh, Southern Florida, in in Miami. I mean, we're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars. Of, yeah, I can uh, only imagine. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, That's I think wild. I think you had even shared with me, or maybe I was talking with with other folks about. There's a possibility that he may come here to Charlotte, and uh, meaning as as part of a game, and and the advanced ticket sale possibilities, or, or maybe it was in other cities as well. I mean, just off the chart. Yes, hundred percent. Yeah, I think they're opening up the whole top floor of the uh, 
amazing of the Panther Stadium. Yeah, um, amazing. America. Yeah, I mean, amazing. I mean, because you start again multiplying that out. It's hotel rooms, it's flights, it's meals, it's you know, it's folks maybe have uh, imbibing a little bit. I'm not saying they are, but maybe imbibing a little bit on uh, uh, on on the fruit of the hop or the fruit of the vine. I mean, it's it's probably uh, it's probably a pretty significant financial impact. Amazing. Amazing kinds of stuff. And, it, and I say that, yes, those are big names. Those, those are the kinds of things that kind of hit our radar screen and we're watching them closely. And, and uh, you know, they are appealing to us for any number of reasons. But, uh, but certainly when it comes to all things that, that are financial here, uh, here on dollars and cents, it, it's pretty amazing to take a look at it and, and understand the impact that it is to us on a country from a financial level. Because uh, again, coming back to the fact that we are primarily a function of consumer spending uh, here uh, here in the US when it comes to economic growth, it's a big deal. And we're gonna be talking about in the second half of this week's Dollars and Cents show, we're gonna be talking about, you know, there are some things ahead of us, there are some headwinds ahead of us. And I'm a glass half full kind of guy, you know that. I, I tend to look at things in a, in a pretty optimistic uh, kind of way when given the choice or the opportunity. But it's also true that we need to be as objective as possible in understanding what lies ahead of us in terms of uh, economic headwinds. And we got some big things in front of us. We're going to be talking about that in the second half here. But let's continue on with uh, with what's hot. And and I say what's hot with what I'm going to say next, not with with any amount of of joy or glee, but really talking about the challenges that are being faced from an economic standpoint with the folks in Florida, primarily with Hurricane Adalia, which just blew through as of the time of this live broadcast, or as of the time of the recording, if you happen to be listening to the recording here over the last 48 hours, big, big, big deal. Lots of damage, lots of tragedy I mean, in terms of, of, of property uh, damage kinds of things. Ha- I haven't even uh, heard an estimate yet. I'm sure before too long, we're going to start hearing some estimates here, but I'm really raising that from a standpoint point of preparedness. And and there are some things for which you can prepare, and there are some things for which you can't prepare when it comes from a financial standpoint. And uh, and, and so when we're looking at, at those kinds of things, you know, with, with hurricane damage, you can prepare from an insurance standpoint, you can prepare in terms of securing uh, your property and, and all of those good kinds of things that come with that. But there are some things that are just outside of your control. And, uh, and that's one of the challenges living here in the southeast, and certainly with regards to the further end uh, down on the peninsula of Florida, that, that it's, it, it is especially challenging during hurricane season. So we're going to hear some big numbers. I, I, I anticipate that we're probably going to get an estimate sooner rather than later from one of the big ones, State Farm, Allstate, similar kinds of, of, of monster insurers, monster in terms of their size, uh, that, uh, that they're going to come out and, and be giving us some numbers about estimates on total damage from the hurricane itself. Now, that being said, and I mentioned this a little bit, uh, again, the, the good folks on Good Morning LKN, uh, Justin uh, was, uh, was talking with me a little bit this morning about, by the way, if you haven't listened to Good Morning LKN, Seven to nine every single morning here on WSIC. Great show. Great. It's been a long time since I have listened to morning radio, uh, primarily because I'm most interested in things which are hyper-local. Tune in 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Producer Bill, Justin, they are are an excellent combination here on on Monday to Friday mornings. Make sure you tune in. That's that's, that's, If you get nothing else out of what I'm saying right now, very good stuff. He and I were talking, Justin and I were talking this morning and and, and talking about the kinds of things from an insurance standpoint, which uh, which are probably going to result 
result from this uh, this hurricane that blew through Florida. And one of the things that has been true here, a dynamic which has been true here for uh, for the last, uh, I would say, 20 years uh, is probably, uh, maybe, maybe more, uh, but at least the last 20 years, it are a couple of things. First of all, the number of shores who have pulled out of Florida altogether, meaning those uh, property and casualty insurers, those folks who invest or um, insure rather homes, cars, businesses, etc., who have pulled out of the Florida market altogether, significant, and not just the the small insurers, but large insurers who are no longer writing any in- new insurance whatsoever uh, in Florida, and then those who have reduced, those who who continue to be in that space in Florida, and I'm picking. I'm picking on Florida primarily because they happen to be one of the primary targets for hurricane season, but it's a big, big deal because, you know, when you're looking at at property in a space like Florida or Georgia, or you're looking at the Gulf Coast, you know, Louisiana, Alabama, all those kinds of things, it's hard. I mean, it can be hard to find an insurer, especially if you got a mortgage, especially if you got a note on a property. It makes it even a bigger deal than when you're paying cash for a property. It's a very, very big deal. Prices are high. They're going to get higher. And so that's a real big thing we want to keep in mind, especially when we're looking at it from a planning standpoint. So uh, we're going to get take a few seconds here. We're going to hear from our sponsors again here on WSIC. But I want you to hang into the second half of this week's show. We're going to be talking about the markets. I know you like that kind of stuff. I want to make sure that you hear what our thoughts are in terms of what we're seeing. Ready or not, we're getting ready to get close to the end of the third quarter. Could be in the fourth quarter. We're talking holidays before too long. Hang with us here on WSIC. Hello and welcome back to Dollars and Cents presented by North Main Financial. I'm your host, Joshua Doby. Thank you so much for hanging with us into the second half. Football reference. I'm going to keep talking. F- no, I'm not going to keep talking football the whole time, but I'm definitely going to reference it. Love football season. We're starting to turn, even though weather-wise, we're not starting to turn here so much in uh, in the Carolinas. But certainly in terms of the calendar, we're starting to turn a little bit into football season. Got to wait 10 days to, to uh, see the Carolina Panthers. But as producer Bill told me, we got uh, college football coming up this uh, weekend. I love that too. So that's going to be a lot of fun. But thank you so much for, for hanging with us into the second half of this week's version of Dollars and Cents presented by North Main Financial. Want to make sure that you have our phone number. If you'd like to give us a call here at those things, economic and financial, which may be on your, your radar screen. I know you got to dial a phone number. It's a big deal. You can do it. I know you can. If you'd like to give us a call here, the particular items that are on your radar screen that you'd like for us to discuss, can't promise we're going to get them in in, in this particular show, but I keep track of those kinds of things so that if I can't get them in today, perhaps we can integrate them into a future show. So make sure that you stay tuned if you don't hear it today to a future show to uh, to hear us talk about that particular item. Uh, phone number here, 844-STUDIO-4844-STUDIO-4. Studio if you want the numbers exactly, 844-788-3464. Again, 844-788-3464. And one more time, 844-788-3464. So please feel free to call in. Thank you so much for hanging with us here on WSIC and Dollars and Cents presented by North Main Financial. I, I really extended the the what's hot aspect of things. I did that intentionally. I, I gave you a couple of, of items that I, I know are big names. I'm not real good in pop music, so but I, I had to bring up Taylor Swift. I mean, if she's impacting GDP for enough for us to uh, to, to be able to measure it, literally, uh, to be able to measure it as a direct impact of her tour, I think I have to include it as part of what's hot here right now. Lionel Messi uh, here in, uh, in Interclub uh, Miami. 
also in the same ways. I mean, literally as soon as that was announced, and I don't have the exact figures, so I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to even offer up estimates on it. But literally as soon as it was announced that he was coming to Miami, the the pre-sale aspect of tickets, where it was known where Miami uh, uh, Football Club uh, football is right. Uh, that's actually from this morning. F U T, not F O O T. F U T B O L, uh, where where Miami Football Club was going to be playing. The the ticket sales went off the chart. And, and that's, that's just an amazing kind of, of economic impact. I mean, when we look at our major sports franchises, uh, whenever you hear about that, that a major sports franchise is being bought and sold, uh, which, of course, happens at the same time, somebody's selling and somebody's buying. Uh, meanwhile, I'm, I'm thinking about the NFL right now because it happens to be uh, the, uh, oh, my gosh, are you kidding me right now? Somebody is letting me know here that tickets to, to, to see Lionel Messi, upwards of 36000 $36,000 for a ticket? Producer Bill, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, is that, is that, is that normal? That sounds like Super Bowl to I me. I don't know. That's L.A., but, uh, oh. I mean, man. I, I mean, that's, that's a, somebody, well, I, 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 I guess some, somebody thinks that's a value. You're right. Right, so somebody says, you know what? Experience. I, yeah. I, I, I think that I need to be there uh, for, and, and here's, here's the other truth, and, and like it or not, and I, I'm whatever is beyond uh, a, a soccer expert, but my understanding is that Miami has been playing exceptionally well. Yes, he has been the part. I mean, yeah. we're, and they're they're looking at playoffs, and they're Correct. looking at all kinds of possibilities. So, Absolutely. I mean, it's real. And and knowing uh, other major sports franchises, you get into the playoffs, it's bigger money, it's television, it's advertising, it's all that good kind of stuff that uh, that that comes. Thirty six thousand dollars for a ticket. Wow. Uh, the consumer, I guess, is in pretty good shape. I, I guess I guess that's what we have to, <laughs> to determine here for uh, for at least part of this conversation. That amazing. Amazing kinds of stuff, but uh, but when we're looking at these major franchises, I'm, I'm looking uh, just just real quickly because of of the ones that have changed hands here. I'm thinking about Carolina, and I do. I, I'm 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 a hometown boy. I mean that my hometown franchise is going to be top of mind. But when I'm looking at it, I believe David Tepper when he bought the um, the Carolina Panthers NFL franchise here several years ago. I want to say he paid north of two billion uh, for it. Meaning it's some some uh, number above two billion. I looked at recently. I believe it was the Denver Broncos who just traded. And it's not to say that every uh, NFL franchise is the same because that's not fair. Because there are ones which are more, uh, more valuable and there are ones which are less valuable. As is true with just about anything. But I want to say that the yeah there we go two point almost two point three okay two point two seven five thank you sir uh, two point two seven five billion uh, that David Tepper paid for the Carolina Panthers. I want to say that the Denver Broncos changed hands at north of six billion, which is unbelievable. I mean, we're not talking about it over a spe- over an expanse of thirty years, you know, or, or, or anything like that. We're talking over the course of I don't know, five, six, seven years, and, and again, it's it's not pure apples to apples kind of comparison because again, every fr- not every franchise is exactly the same value, but if we can say they're in the same ballpark, my goodness, I mean, call it double. I mean, call it double in terms of, of the appreciation here in just several years. Amazing uh, in terms of the intensity. Because, folks, the only reason that those things go up in value is because folks like you and me are spending money on uh, on those kinds of things. Okay, so I said six. I got excited. I wonder if there was a there, – there, there might – okay, I got excited. 4.65. Sorry uh, if, uh, if if you're tracking it. 4.65 billion uh, on that. Still a pretty nice appreciation. 
Right? I mean, I, I, I don't know. That's, that's, it seems like a good ROI, Bill. I, I'm, uh, I mean, I, I think we're in the financial business. so I It think is that, double. I mean, it is double, right, on, on, on that type of thing. I say that because, and I'm bringing this obviously to relevance. I say it because, yes, I, I like to talk about these kinds of things. It's football season. But I'm really bringing it to the idea of the consumer because the, the reason why these things appreciate in value is because of how the consumer spends, plain and simple. That's it. I mean, when you look at advertising, the reason why folks spend on advertising is because they get exposure to the consumer. When you look at kinds of things like stadiums, the reason why stadiums are fancy and they're bigger and they're more bombastic at every single turn is because of the consumer. They're buying a ticket. I mean, as, as producer Bill just shared with me, and we go see Lionel Messi in, in L.A., sure, you could pay $36,000, $36,000. Bill, I, I'm pretty sure that the first house that I built uh, or the build that I bought, I didn't even build it, uh, was right around $50,000. Uh, so uh, I, I don't know, a house or a, or a ticket to see a soccer game. I know I'm old. I know, I know, I know I'm old. It's, that's, and that's, that's, that's what the response is going to be. Well, that was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. I'll give you that. All right. But amazing in terms of the intensity of the consumer. And that's one of the things we're going to pivot here now on that idea. When we're looking at what the consumer is doing, that's very, very vital. You hear me say this all the time. I use this data point with some regularity because it's so relevant to what we're describing here on dollars and cents. And it has to do with how the consumer is spending his or her money. Because if it's at two-thirds to three-quarters of our GDP, folks, that's what moves the needle. That's what determines. So, yeah, I'm talking about Taylor Swift and Lionel Messi and NFL and all this good kind of stuff. Folks, that's, that's where folks spend their money. And, yes, they do spend it on things like rent, like mortgages, like cars, like going out to eat, all of those things. That's all included in that. But I, especially with these things that are a lot bigger dollar figures, I say this because it's important for us to keep this in mind when we're thinking about where is the consumer because we have to answer that question. I mean, folks like me, I understand it may not be part of your dinner conversation, but it definitely bangs around in my head around the dinner time. What is the consumer doing? Because where the consumer goes, so do we go as a country. The consumer slows down their spending. It's going to absolutely affect us as a country. One of the things that's big on our radar screen, let me hyper-focus in on this which with something that may be relevant to you. One of the big items on, on my radar screen and I know you're hearing this from other shows here on WSIC, big, big, big deal, that, uh, that we're watching what's happening in the real estate markets. And I'm watching it both on the residential side and on the commercial side. I had a meeting here, just uh, not my meeting right before we came on air, but the two before that, talking about the commercial aspect of things and the challenge that's coming in some of our commercial markets with companies that are deciding what to do with vacant office space. Those kinds of companies which may have required folks to be in office pre-pandemic, uh, obviously out of office during the pandemic, and now in some kind of hybrid sort of space. So what does that mean in terms of maintaining what is some very expensive real estate? Actually, as part of this conversation, uh, talking with this gentleman who's in the financing end of things for, for commercial real estate, was talking about how some landlords, some uh, commercial property owners are changing over office space to residential space space. 
And the reason why they're doing that is because they're just not going to have the same need for residential space, or excuse me, for commercial space that they had because of hybrid working or folks who are maybe working 100% remotely. So whereas they may needed X in terms of the number of square footage, now it's X minus 30% or X minus 50% or X minus 80% in terms of that uh, that same kind of office needs. So they're looking, obviously they're looking to make money. They're, lo- they're looking for it to continue to be a, a good um, a financial entity. So they're looking at converting it over to condos or to apartments. Very interesting dynamic. We're going to continue to see how that's going to evolve because this dynamic, whether it's, it's hybrid working or work from home or some variation of of those two is going to continue to evolve over time here. This isn't the kind of thing that's going to have a very easy push-button answer. It certainly didn't didn't during the pandemic. It certainly hasn't post-pandemic. Companies are still trying to figure it out. I mean, when you look at uh, some companies that have gone, you know, really back to 100%, you got to be in the office, you want to continue to have a job here, you have to continue, you have to be physically present, uh, aka, like like pre-pandemic. You have other, many other entities which have said, okay, we're going to do some kind of hybrid model, you're going to have to come into the office two days a week, three days a week, you're going to have to do certain things when you're in the office, and then the other two or three days you work from a home office. And then we've had others who have said, you can you can be completely remote as 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 part of your professional designation ongoing, especially if that wasn't true pre pandemic, and uh, and that's that's a big deal because that changes so many things. The domino line from that extends far. We're going to talk about that a little bit more as uh, as we come out of break here. But when we're watching those kinds of things again from a market standpoint and from an economic standpoint, a big big deal. You'd be hard pressed to say that that real estate is not a vital part of what we're talking about here from an economic standpoint, both in terms of maintenance and in terms of growth ongoing. So it's high on our radar screens. We're going to be talking more about that. All right, I'm going to take a deep breath here as we take a couple of seconds to uh, to hear from our sponsors. I appreciate so much that you're hanging with us here on Dollars and Cents, presented by North Main Financial, here on WSIC News Talk Now. Welcome back to Dollars and Cents, presented by North Main Financial. I'm your host, Joshua Doby. Thank you so much for hanging with us. Fourth quarter, I know, football reference, you're going to get a ton of them. It's, it's just going to be that way probably from here until we get through the, at least the Super Bowl. So you're going to have to get a several months of this kind of stuff. But thank you so much. I appreciate uh, that you're hanging with us here into the fourth quarter here of uh, this week's version of Dollars and Cents, presented by North Main Financial. And as we were going to break there, I was talking about uh, several things that, that are impacting us from a from an economic standpoint I want to now narrow in on the markets and I know that's a big deal we, we talk multiple times a day and, and it's and it's not that I I am in any way ungrateful for that kind of thing but it is a constant topic for the obvious reasons because it is so dynamic meaning that the things that are happening in the marketplace especially in this day and age it's they're, they're so dynamic they change so rapidly and maybe at some level that was always true but I don't know that we were always aware of it little side note little nugget on the side here mutual funds most of you probably are aware of what mutual funds are mutual funds think about a mutual fund as a basket or a bucket mutual funds are, are baskets or buckets and into them you have things like stocks and bonds and and, and money market funds they're, they're a whole collection of things they may have anywhere from several to several hundred kinds of investments, stocks, bonds, and other instruments inside of them. I I say this from the standpoint that mutual funds 
And this wasn't all that long ago. I know you're going to you're gonna just say, well, you're an old man. I might be at this point. Uh, if you're watching me on any of the live streams here, you can see that of the hair that I have left, it's mostly thinning and gray. But that aside, uh, looking at mutual funds, they used to be priced one time per year. Now, I know that seems just out of the world in, in, in terms of our experience today, but it wasn't all that long ago. I want to say 50-some years ago, uh, which which I know some folks seems like the other end of the world, but really 50-odd years ago, uh, that they were priced one time a year. When you got your prospectus in the mail, literally, when you got your prospectus in the mail, you got your per share price inside of the prospectus, you multiplied that times the number of shares that you had in the mutual fund, and that's how you knew how much you actually had. I'm not so sure that that was a bad thing at that time, because it kept folks, at least most folks, it kept them from making certainly day-to-day, hour-to-hour, minute-to-minute kinds of decisions. The, the, the horse is out of the proverbial barn. You know, we, we've, uh, we've kicked the ball through the goalpost. Uh, I don't know. Can I bring up any, any any other metaphors? I'm just going to keep keep throwing them out there to you. I mean, we, we are through the gate. Uh, I guess that's another horse racing metaphor there. Uh, we are through the gate on that. It, it is. We live in a world of very instantaneous kinds of data and information and just, um, just noise dump all the time. So I don't think we're going to go backwards in terms of how that experience is. But I am saying that from the standpoint that... That's the way that it used to be. We're not going back there, obviously. But make your decisions for the right reasons. That's really the, the most important part of, of, of what I'm describing here right now. Yes, when we didn't have the data as much at our fingertips, and again, if you're looking at me on the live streams, I'm guilty. I, I got I got a, a smartphone, iPhone. Heck, I even have a, an iPad right next to me as well because I, I need one for each hand. I don't need one for each hand. I'm not that particularly adept from a techno, technological standpoint. But I got it here in case I need to look at something very quickly and I can pull it up in, in literally a couple of seconds. But, uh, but when we're looking at things that come to the markets, when we're looking at things that come to our portfolios, I would encourage you that you that when you're looking at things and you're making adjustments or you're making tweaks, that you do so for the right reasons. I'm going to bring up a big item and uh, in, the, in this next little thought here. This is something I mentioned at the front end of the show. I've mentioned it in previous dollars and cents shows. Folks, I know you're probably going to get sick of hearing me uh, talk about it here, but it's coming. And that has to do with the restart in payments for student, for federal student loans. Now, if you have federal student loans, now I'm designating that. So when I say federal student loans, I'm designating them different than private student loans, meaning that private student loans, those uh, loans which come from a source other than the federal government, are in a different category. I'm not talking about those for right now. I'm talking about federal student loans, which have been on deferment here now for several years. I mean, it's been since mid-2020 that we haven't had to make payments on our federal student loans in that space. Folks, the bell's coming. The bell's going to ring. I mean, uh, that, that geez, I just made a school reference there as well. It's, that's terrible. But, uh, but what we're looking at, uh, when th- it's, we're going to start making payments on that again. And I say that from this standpoint. We have a lot of clients. And if it's not clients, then it's their kids or their grandkids who have federal student loans. Those payments often are three, four, five, six, seven hundred dollars $700 a month or more, uh, meaning they were before they were put on deferment. And for a lot of those folks, and I understand this from a budget plan, standpoint, out of sight, out of mind. I'm going to steal Justin's words here from a Good Morning LKN show this morning. Out of sight, out of mind. And, and I understand that. We are creatures of habit, 
right? If we don't have to pay for something, if something kind of gets off our radar screen, whether it's because we don't have to make a car payment anymore, or there's been a reduction in our rent or our mortgage, sure, we're going we're gonna to blend that into our, uh, our budget in some other way, usually in some kind of lifestyle sort of way. Very few of us are going to maintain that same discipline of either setting that money aside or not baking that into our lifestyle portfolio. Folks, uh, again, the bell, the bell is going to ring. And it is ringing right now. Those payments are going to come due here in September and October uh, for those uh, for those deferments. There is no more extension. I've had a number of folks, interestingly, I've had a number of folks, and I'm assuming it's because of the experiential bias of, of having uh, seen this happen over the last couple of years. Well, is it going to be extended again? No, it isn't. And, and I can say that with, with confidence because... The bill that was signed by Congress uh, that was part of a widely spread uh, negotiation experiment I don't want to say experiment. Let's just say negotiation. All right. That was part of a negotiation with regards to the debt ceiling, included a provision in it that said that the deferment was going to end. Period. It wasn't going, it could not be extended again. So it's going to happen. It is happening. It's going to happen. Make sure. So I'm, I'm spending a lot of time on this because we talk with so many folks who have student loans. I mean, it is, it is, it's the number one consumer debt in the country. We're, we're not quite there, but we're not too far away from $2 trillion. $2 trillion. T. I, I mean, I, I can't even grasp that idea, but close to $2 trillion in, uh, in student loan debt out there. So when we're looking, this, this affects literally millions of folks. It may affect you. It may affect kids. It may affect grandkids. It, may, it definitely affects folks that you know in some way, shape, or form. Huge, huge deal. And I'm saying that because this is going to impact budgets. And coming back, this is a full circle. You know me, simple person to come bring it all full circle here. The reason why this is such a big deal is, is because it's going to affect consumer spending. That's where my focus is. And yes, student loans are a big deal. I'm not going to get into the political aspect of things with regards to student loans, but I'm really talking about it in terms of consumer spending because, as you've heard me say time and time and time again, we are largely a function in this country of consumer spending. Let me put it to you just in brass tacks. I talked about Taylor Swift. I talked about Lionel Messi. I'm not even going to talk about $36,000 tickets to go see a soccer game. But in terms of where we spend our money, if I now need to allocate four, five, six, seven hundred dollars a month instead of doing something like buying concert tickets or sporting tickets or sporting event tickets or uh, going out to eat or buying another car. If instead of doing that, I'm going back to pay old debt for student loans, folks, you do that by the tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands to millions of folks, that is absolutely going to affect our GDP. So I'm saying that not to be looking at the glass half full, you know me, glass half empty kind of person, but I'm saying that to give mm, an awareness I don't want to even call it a warning. Let's call it an awareness about what may yet lie ahead of us, that things are going to slow down. There's going to be an impact. What is it going to be? I don't know at this point. We're going to be watching it in terms of what the, the broad-based impact can be. But when we're talking about for millions of folks who are spending money in one particular direction, who are now are going to be required to spend money in another direction that is not, uh, let's call it in a plus one kind of way, meaning if we're paying old debt, we're certainly not buying new stuff. Does that make sense as I'm saying that? So if, if we're going to pay, and this is 
true. It's not just student loan debt. It's true for credit card debt. It's true for all all kinds of other kinds of non-securitized assets. That if we're going to pay, which is true with student loan debt, that is a non-securitized asset. Just a fancy dime phrase of saying you don't have anything on the other side. Yes, you do have the piece of paper. Yes, you do have the education. But in this world of finance, there is no securitization of that. So when you're going to pay that kind of debt, and you're not going to buy the next car, and you're not going to go on the next vacation, and when you're not going to buy those soccer tickets, or when you're not going to buy those concert tickets, that affects us as an economy. And so that's the kind of thing, those are the big kinds of things, macro kinds of things that we're watching on this end. And I'm watching that relative to the markets. Now, does that mean that the stock market's going to go down because folks are going to start paying their student loan payments back? Not necessarily. I'm not saying that, but it is going to have some effect. And is it going to be a long-lasting effect, or is it going to be the kind of thing that the market is going to be able to work around? Either one of those possibilities is true, but it's going to have some effect on that. You heard me talk about one of the things that I I just, I, I tell you things how they are. You know that. If you've been listening to Dollars and Cents, you know how I come at these things. One of the places to this point that I've just flat missed and I, and I, and I, cause I was talking about it a year and a half ago as the federal reserve was trying, try, excuse me, starting to raise interest rates. They were trying, they were actually raising interest rates at, uh, at that time. One of the things that was high on my radar screen was the effect on unemployment. And the reason why is because when you look at the last 70, 80 years of economic history here in the country, when the federal reserve is in an active mode of raising rates, there are several different levers which move all at the same time. It's, it's a big algorithm in understanding what happens as the federal reserve starts raising rates. But one of the ones that I'll call it semi-binary, and that's, again, just a, a casual or, 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 or silly way of, of describing it, maybe. But in talking about the kinds of things that have, unemployment usually rises, and it hasn't. So I'm, I'm off. I was off there. I'm still, still not sure why that's the case. The only reason I have at this point is because of the strength of the overall economy. That's a good thing. That's, that's a very good thing when we're looking at it from, uh, from a strength standpoint, from a market standpoint. So that's what we're watching going into the fourth quarter. Lots of things, always a lot of things. There, there aren't, there's no casual moment in this business as far as I'm concerned when we're watching things economic and financial because the, the, the algorithm is large. The variables are many, and they are moving not just in two-dimensional, but three-dimensional and four-dimensional ways all the time. Well, friends, we're rapidly approaching the end of this week's version of Dollars and Cents. I appreciate so much your time in uh, in hanging with us here. Make sure next week, 4 p.m., here on WSIC that you tune into Dollars and Cents on Thursdays. Love to uh, to chat with you. Always feel free to call in. Until the next time, friends, uh, I'll look forward to chatting with you about these kinds of things. I'll talk with you soon.